and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Suns Clippers, game one, five o'clock on Sunday, game two on Tuesday. Game three is in L.A. on Thursday, and game four is on Saturday. No rests for anybody. It's play off, play off, No rest play for off. the weary. That's why they call it the playoffs, apparently, because you play, and then you're off, and then you play oh, again. look at you. Look at you, Creed. That's, well, pretty good. that's yeah. what we've got going on here, that's good. right? You're considering your stumble to like start the show. Well, it's oh, it's been a rough day so hmm. far, but uh, it can only go up from here. As we go into the 3 o'clock hour, and of course, Suns Clippers, we did get the official schedule today. It's out. There's only one day where there's like an extra day off in between games in this series. It's kind of compressed like we saw a lot of last year. But pretty soon here, we're not going to worry about the schedule and let's just worry about the team and let's talk about the Clippers and let's talk about this matchup and this preview here. How can the Clippers limit Kevin Durant? Who's going to defend Kawhi Leonard? I know one of our favorite writers in town, Doug Howler and his counterpart uh, over with the Clippers, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic, kind of took a stab at previewing this series and they unearthed a a lot of cool little nuggets about this one. Yeah, where do you want to start? Because I was fascinated by this. Um, just the differences in Kevin Durant's into God. I'll start at the one I like the most. Isolation. His possessions in isolation went from 21.6% with the Nets to 13.1% with the Suns. Okay? Isolation cut in half. You're like, wow, I, this is a simple reason to that. And that is, this team's been a lot more Booker. Look at what Book's been doing since Durant got here. You know, this team still goes through Devin Booker. They still focus a lot of the offense through Devin Booker. Durant is very comfortable trying to fit in right now and not take everything over. That number is going to go way up in the playoffs, okay? It's going to go way up. So you're looking at his numbers in isolation being so little at 13.1%, that's going to go through the roof, at least double in the playoffs, especially against the Clippers, because they like to switch everything. They love to switch. Also, Durant was healthy in Brooklyn. Here, he's kind of coming back from an injury and just working his way back. He's been very content letting the other guys do their thing and not having to dominate as much the way he did in Brooklyn. But that will go up in the playoffs. Yeah, this this goes right back. And it was part of this broader conversation as part of this preview on The Athletic. And question number one, how do the Clippers slow down Kevin Durant? And, and what I loved about this question was that Law Murray, the beat writer who covers the Clippers for The Athletic, included a picture of the purple practice jerseys that they wear. And it's like, okay, who's going to play the role of Kevin Durant in today's practice? And right? nobody. Who's going to wear this? And that's what they said. Lou said, quote, who really can be KD? And it was a rhetorical question. The answer is nobody. Nobody can do what he does. And that's why in our poll question, when Eric asked us who has the pressure on them this series, I think it's KD because the, I think the pressure is on KD to be KD. Yeah, I could be see, the guy he was with Brooklyn. Yeah, I could see them. Man starting on Booker, Russ starting on CP3, Batum, Nicholas Batum starting on Durant, and then Kawhi, because you know you got to get 35-40 from Kawhi every night offensively. I don't think they want Kawhi to get worn out by having to guard Durant. Now, at times he may, but what they may do is they may start Kawhi on a Koji. Start him on a Koji, and just if a Koji has to take seven or eight three pointers, let him. And then Kawhi will be the help guy. He'll be when you want to trap, when you want to switch, when you want to double. He could come off of a Koji to help. 
But I don't think that I'd be surprised if they start Kawhi Leonard on Kevin Durant. I think they'll start him on a Koji to give him rest on defense and just let him help at his peak. Kawhi Leonard is one of the best two-way players in the NBA, if not the best two-way player in the NBA. And at his peak, there would have been no doubt that he would have been assigned Kevin Durant and expected to score 30 points per game. I just don't know if they're there with Kawhi Leonard. Like they've been, like I said it in the first hour of the show, the Clippers have been saving Kawhi Leonard for this moment all season long. What has he got? What's in there, right? Like, like how much? Because they've been resting him. They've been not playing him on back-to-backs. What's he got? What's there? Because the Suns, conversely, are going to have to deal with Kawhi's offense. And Kawhi is going to look to take these things over. Now, we've done this before with the Suns, right? Giannis, Luka. We've had a lot of conversations the last couple of years about, hey, just let them get theirs and worry about everybody else. Is that going to be the philosophy with Kawhi? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of teams, they go in with the philosophy like, look, you're not, you, you could take out CP3 and DA and let Durant and Book go get their 28-30. Just make sure that other players have a bad series. Try to do that. So take out CP3. CP3, you can talk all we want about the catch-and-shoot. He's never been a catch-and-shoot guy. He does like to put the ball on the ground. So, you know, you, you're gonna try, you still want him to shoot threes. Look, anytime somebody that Durant or Booker doesn't take a shot, it's a win for the Clippers. What they want to do is they want to limit the amount of shots that Booker and Durant have because they're so good and they're so efficient. So that's what they're going to do. The Clippers are the best team in the NBA or one of the best at switching. So they'll do that a whole lot. They'll trap with Zubac. What the Suns may want to do is try to get Zubac out of the game, attack him early, try to get him in foul trouble because they lack the, the size after that. But I think that's what you'll see. I think you'll see them say, look, we can't stop all four of them. Let's concentrate on Book and Durant and if CP3 and DA kill us, then you know we'll live with that. Well, and, and that's what we've been talking about for the last two weeks, right? We've been talking about CP3 and the catch-and-shoot threes. That's gone up for him this season. That's been by design. They knew they were going to, and, and I, I understand that's not comfortable for him, but it's become more comfortable these last couple of weeks that he's been pretty good at it. And then I think the other thing will be the two-man game with, with CP and DeAndre Ayton. That, that's if they're really going to try to take out Booker and try to take out Kevin Durant and limit their shots, in theory, that should open things wide open down the middle for CP3 and DeAndre Ayton to play the two-man game. And that's got to be yeah. their bread-and-butter go-to play if they're trying to take away Booker and Durant. This was fascinating, too. Durant's 27.3% usage rate with Phoenix is his lowest since his first season with the Warriors. Again, first season with the Warriors. You're trying to fit in. You got Clay. You got Draymond. You got Steph. You're not going to have the same amount of usage. Well, same thing here. He was fitting in. These games didn't matter as much. The usage is going to go up as the isolations will go up. Those numbers will change in the playoffs. Yes, they're low now with Phoenix, but there's a reason for that. They will absolutely change and go up with once these playoffs start. Yeah, that's something to do that we're going to keep an eye on. Um, Russell Westbrook, we've talked a lot about him. We're going to talk a lot about him more uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, but where Russell Westbrook has helped the Clippers uh, and then the, the Clippers' depth and, and the Paul George question. That's a huge question in this series. Does he come back? How acclimated, how long does it take him to get acclimated when he does get back? That's one of the big factors in this series. Absolutely. And that will change things defensively if they get him back. It'll because you get another, you know, wing player. You got another guy who can guard multiple positions and players. So that will be a key factor. Look for the Clippers also to try to trap Book as much as you can. With the floor in Devin Booker's game, the flaw, the weakness in his game, his his ability to pass out of the trap. 
You hard double him, and he does not. You know, we've seen a lot of lazy passes by Book. He's not the best at tra- at passing out of the doubles, out of the traps. So that's something that they'll probably look to do because other teams have had success with it's it. It's just so different, though, isn't it, with Kevin Durant out there, too? It, it is. To, to, it is. To, to say yeah. this was the way we did it, it's so different now with Kevin Durant. It's just like, okay, you can do that. Kevin Durant's on the floor with him, too. Be careful. Be careful about trapping Book and right. trying to get but the he, ball out of Book's but hands. But the key is to make him make a good pass, not a bad pass. Yeah. You know, he's got to make a good pass. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, do you smell beef? Is there a lot of beef in this Suns Clippers series? We'll talk about that coming Where's up on the, the beef? Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, this soundbite I'm about to play got a lot of run today. A lot of people were talking about it. We're playing it for the first time. We just got our hands on it. Russell Westbrook had a media availability today around Clippers practice. And he was asked about something we've talked about. Was it yesterday, day before? I can't remember which. About this matchup between Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And how they used to be teammates all those years with the Thunder. And, and the success they had with the Thunder. And is it weird going against KD in the postseason? Here's what Westbrook had to say about that today. Nothing. That would be normal. For me, uh, there's no, like, I think people still think it's like there's some beef or something. There's no beef of any sort. I think that's the, uh, the good narrative for you know, for media, for people to talk about. But there's no beef, man. I got uh, nothing but respect for him and things he's done uh, with his career and habits seeing back from injury. Uh, there's no beef um, at all, but he knows I'm going to compete, and I know he's going to compete, and that's all it is. 608 games together in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Made it to an NBA Finals together. I mean, these are two really, you know, great players. I mean, obviously Durant's at a different level, but Westbrook's had a terrific career. Um, a lot of controversy these last couple of years tried to get him to fit in uh, with teams, which hasn't really helped. But the Clippers have seemed, he seemed to have found a niche with the Clippers where he can get back to playing at a level that, you know, that he's accustomed to playing at. A lot of people would have, like, without him answering that question, you may have thought that, that there was some beef. The way that Durant abruptly left Oklahoma City, joined Golden State won two championships, kind of left the Thunder hanging. And yeah. then, you know, obviously Westbrook eventually getting traded. So you might have thought there was some beef between the two, but he's saying there's not. So there's no bulletin board material yeah, there. It, it, I, I said this before when we talked about it earlier. Man, it, it I know it wasn't that long ago, and I know time goes by really fast. It, it, Westbrook and KDB and teammates seems like a long time ago. It, it, it does. So much has happened since then. Yeah. To both guys, right? Like, yes. it's. That just feels like it was for, and I know it wasn't that long ago. It feels like it was forever ago to me that those guys were teammates. And what was that? The 2014 NBA Finals when they were together. I think 2012 Finals. No, it was before that. Then they got then Harden went to Houston. Then the next year was it 2012 Finals. All right, year after Harden went to Houston, and then that's how they started to break it up. Or they started to break that team up. Eleven years. 
been 11 years. Man, yeah. Lots happened to both guys since then. Yeah, but more good things to Durant. Durant, Durant solidified himself as one of the great players in the history of the game. Agreed. The Olympics, the, the all-star appearances, the two championships with Golden State. Say what you want about it. I mean, he won two titles with Golden State. Like, I don't know why he gets knocked for that. You know, people oh, want to say, oh, oh you, know, you joined you know the super gets, team and you won it. For it. Okay, whatever. He won two championships. Yeah, I know, but you know why he gets knocked for it. Okay, he went to the Nets. Right, I know. Jumping he, on coattails. He went to go play with. He go, went to go play with it. Like okay, and all, and all honestly, I mean, do we do you fault him for going to play with some great players and win a championship? Uh, I remember in the moment thinking it was pretty. It's the easy yeah. way out. Yeah, right. Okay, you want to see guys stay and try to win it and everything, but there's a lot of guys that have done that and failed and probably regret it to this day that they didn't go somewhere else and try it when they when they could have. Oh, and, Kevin Durant is hardly the first guy in the history of the NBA to go try to form some super team and and, and fail. I mean, he didn't fail doing it. He won but, two rings with the Golden yes. State Warriors. It's My position on that has softened way over the years, but I remember in the moment thinking, man, that seems like they, they just beat you, you know, and, and you're going to go join them now, right? Like, you know you're going to get a ring, but that's so long ago and again, it's as far as I'm concerned, and it doesn't help or doesn't hurt the fact that he's on the Suns. That's so water under the bridge at this point. Then there's Paul George, and this is from his podcast P with Paul George, and we don't know if he's going to play. He doesn't know if he's going to play. On his podcast, he provided an update on the status of his injured leg. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know, I, we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah, yeah. And I went to one crutch. To one crutch. Come on now. I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walking. You look, you look good. Better brace. Better brace. I got that a Ferrari brace. Yeah. Ooh. As far as when he's going to return? <laughs> I don't know how so. But, uh, no, nah, man, I, I, I've been feeling better. I've been working my butt off. I've been grinding, like, literally every day. Six days out of the week, I'm I'm training. You know what I mean. I'm doing rehab, so I'm gonna give it every chance I got, man. This is uh, coming down to the wire. Why don't people talk about Paul George as one of the great players? That he's a great player, right? Mm-hmm. He's a great player. Nobody talks about Paul George as one of those guys that didn't win a championship. He got close with Indiana. They got beat the year Miami beat San Antonio. Um, he. That year, the Pacers took the Heat to seven games in the fi- in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. That was Paul George's team. The next year, they I think they got to the Eastern Conference Finals again. So they had they had those t- those teams that were really good for a couple of years in Indiana, where they they made some noise and they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Both years they lost to Miami. They got beat by Miami, so they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Seven games with Miami. Miami goes on to win it. The next year. They Eastern Conference Finals, lose to Miami in six. Miami then loses to San Antonio. So he's been right on the verge like of getting to the NBA Finals. I mean, he's been a great player in this league since 2010, but nobody talks about Paul George as being one of those guys. I mean, it's twofold. Number one, because he's never been to the NBA Finals. I Chris mean, just, Paul hadn't been. I, I know he hadn't, but he has now. Milwaukee. right? And, and, and Chris Paul was also considered to be, and is considered to be, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Paul George didn't really have that distinction as being one of the best ever. But there's that, and, and I think that Paul George has, right or wrong, good or bad, has always been looked upon as more of a tier two superstar and not a tier one superstar in this league. 
You know, like, like when, I, I, I could, I could buy that. Right? I mean, like, I, but man, he's so freaking. Good. He's so like, freaking he's, good. I'll give you that. But he's such a great player. But he's not like if he's on the floor with Kawhi, we all know who the superstar is, right? Yeah, but it is two superstars. It though. is. Like, but we but do say it's two superstars. There's no debating who Batman and who Robin is when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the floor together. There's no debating. No, Kawhi's mm-hmm. won a championship with Toronto, yep. San Antonio. I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi is, is the guy. But you know, Paul George is the best player on a lot of teams in this league if he's on that team. Agreed. Agreed. I just and I, three I, times that guy has been to the Eastern Conference hey, Finals. You, I mean, the two times Eastern Conference, one time Western Conference when I lost to the Suns. Three times he's been to the Conference Finals, hasn't been able to get over the hump. There's a video, and I'm going to retweet it right now because I haven't done it yet. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Burnsy987 with a Y. Burnsy987. I imagine we'll retweet it on Burns and Gambo. Paul George at practice today, and one of the reporters, Andrew Grief, or Greif, I'm sorry, from the LA Times, just trying to take video of Paul George at practice today. Ty Lu literally starts standing in front of Paul George so nobody can see what he's doing in practice. Ty George, or Ty Lu stands in front of Paul George. He's kind of waving his arms like, yep, I'm not going to let you see. I'm oh, not going to let you see what he's doing. They nope, need to hire the curtain it. of distraction. Seriously. The curtain of distraction to throw those reporters off. Yeah, Ty Lu is like standing there talking to the other coaches, and it's the open part of practice. You're allowed, mm. I see Kellen Olsen on the other side of the glass, you're allowed to shoot video during that part of practice. So Greif pulls out his phone. He starts taking some video of Paul George taking these shots. About 10 seconds into the video, Ty Lue gets wise to the fact that someone's taking video of Paul George. And he literally just goes stand right in front of him. And he puts his arms up in the air so nobody will see what Paul George is doing. I'm still saying game three in L.A. You think that's when it'll because be Because that buys him, you know, what, 10 days? When is it? What, what day is that? Uh, so they go Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday? Yes, yeah, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So a week from tomorrow. Thursday's the first game in L.A. Yeah, Thursday. I think okay. he comes back in that he game. Comes back on that Thursday. gives him eight more days to get ready. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he's able to play a little later in the show. We'll get into some of the comments that he made about uh, defenders and two-way guys. And certainly that's one thing. That he is very, very good at as well. But when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's time for our weekly visit with the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, the president of basketball ops and GM James Jones. He'll swing by for his weekly visit here on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona sports, the local sports leader, state of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Which is code for our weekly visit with James Jones, the general manager, president of basketball operations of the Phoenix Suns. He's joined us every single week throughout the course of the season. And as we get ready to embark on the postseason, it is time for our weekly conversation with James. James, good afternoon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, we're finally here. The playoffs. I know everybody's excited, but just let me take a step back for a second and go over the organization's decision. Those last two games of the season, instead of just working on more continuity, the decision to rest a lot of the key starters. Give me the thought process on why you guys felt that was the right decision. Um, you know, just when we, when we thought, talked about um, the risk reward, you know, we felt that our guys had had uh, found a good groove. You know, and Kevin was on his way back, and we, we felt we'd have an opportunity to just just at home play play some minutes, um, get a good sense in the field for some rotations, and then as you look at going into a back to back, which is you know tough for any for anyone. Uh, it just didn't make sense to play in the back-to-back. And then when you, you talk about playing a home game, last thing you want is someone to roll an ankle at the start of the game. So 
it just made sense for us since we had no seating or nothing else to to really uh, lock in for us to start to prepare for whoever our opponent would be. Yeah, good answer. That's probably what I expected. Let me ask you about the about the two players that are nursing some injuries and see if we can get an update on their status. And that's Bismack Biombo and Cameron Payne. No, they're improving. I mean, those guys have been participating, um, and so. Um, hopefully, when the next the next couple of days will allow us to continue to ramp them up, but uh, I think we'll be good to go uh, with everyone when the playoffs starts. How do you think, from your eye as a basketball executive and a former player, how do you think your guys match up with the LA Clippers? Um, I think well, I think we do. I think um, you know, like both teams are really balanced. Uh, both teams have have players that have played in the playoffs and been extremely effective. Um, both teams have winners, guys that know what it takes. And so um, it's going to be a challenge for us. You know, they're a virtual team. Uh, they they play extremely well um, together. Um, you know, Ty Lue's a, a great coach. Uh, but I think our guys are expecting uh, a great challenge and ready for that challenge. What is it that makes Ty Lue a great coach? Because I, I happen to think he's one of the best in the NBA, particularly this time of year. What is it that makes him so good at what he does? Um, well, he, he's, he's one, you know, he's, he's a winner. He's, he's one as a player and as a coach and he's had a, a multitude of lineups and, and multiple uh, iterations of his teams. And he, he consistently finds a way to keep them competitive. And, and, and for those, those guys, no matter who's playing to play well. Um, and, and so he, he just competes and, and I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and uh, a healthy respect for him because I know, um, when, when it comes comes down to to the playoffs um he's he's willing and, and, and ready to do whatever it takes james you've been here so many times as as a player with what won numerous championships we talk about the pressure that's on chris to finally win one the pressure that's on kd to win one the pressure on money after you guys had a two nothing lead against go against milwaukee and a two nothing lead against dallas Talk about the pressure that's on the coaching staff, the players, and just related to what you've been through as a player going through a series. Um, well, I mean, it's healthy pressure. Uh, I don't think anyone puts more pressure on our players than and our coaches um, than they do. Um, they wouldn't be here if they didn't uh, believe uh, that they could win and, and be successful at a high level. Uh, so the external pressure, it's, I always say a lot, it's, it's great for, for headlines and storylines, but the pressure in the building is the pressure that propels us forward. And so for Chris, he wants to win. Um, that's why he's been able to do what he's done for such a long time. Um, internal pressure, you know, saying that he wants to be the best. You know, Monty, Kevin, Devin, you know, all of the guys from, from top to bottom. Um, I think you, you saw that throughout the course of the season with some of our challenges. Our guys continue to push through, um, even when we were facing some adverse uh, situations. So I, I just... I go back to um, no one wants to win more than this group, and that's why we've been successful. Do you think the outcome of these playoffs may affect Chris's decision on whether to play again beyond this season? If you guys win the championship, could, and is there any way you could see him riding off into the sunset with his championship ring? I mean, does what happens in these playoffs ultimately determine his outcome for the future? No, I mean, Chris determines his out- outcome, and only he knows um, what he'll do um, when that time comes. And I don't expect that time to be anytime soon. Um, we're not even thinking that far ahead. Like We have a game on Sunday, and that, that game on Sunday is the start of a, a playoff run for us. And, um, you know, it, it's just about enjoying the moment and playing 
your best basketball at the right time. And I'm, I'm confident our team uh, collectively will do that. Do you guys think you're better suited to the – I mean, we looked at the schedule. It's it's every other day except once where you get the break. And, you know, we know that can wear a team down. I, I think it wore Chris down a lot last year, having to play every other day. Do you think the team you assembled is better suited to handle those every other day games now than they were last year? I mean, we play the games the way they're, they're slated. Um we stay away from talking about last year because, you know, that's that's easy, that's convenient. But that was, you know, 300 days ago. We're a different team, guys are in different places. Guys have gotten better. So um, we're fortunate enough to be in the playoffs, and we'll take whichever days, whatever games, whatever teams as they come, uh, just knowing we're taking it one game at a time. James Jones, the president of Basketball Ops and GM of the Phoenix Suns, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. For the last two weeks, we've been calling it basically the great experiment. Eight games of Kevin Durant going into the playoffs and, and kind of a two-parter. And I'll ask you the first part here. Can you recall your time as an executive or a player in this league, a situation as unique as this, where one of your main guys has basically only played eight games with you before you go into the postseason? Um, no, uh, I don't. I don't think it's ever been done. Um, but I don't think um, very te- many teams have had a player of Kevin Durant's caliber. Um, it doesn't matter where he plays and, and who he plays with. He'll be ready. Um, he'll perform, and uh, he makes any team better. Um, you can take him on day one and have played zero games with him, and and it's very likely your team's better. And so we're excited because. What that means for us is it's fresh and it's an opportunity for us to establish how we'll play. Um, so it's 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 not it's not an issue for us. I, I think it's actually pretty exciting for most people. How much more learning about each other do you think the guys need to do on the fly when this thing starts on Sunday? Um, I think the playoffs is you know like you know, and the, the unique thing about the playoffs is teams that have been with each other year, all year long learn about themselves in the playoffs because it's just a different season. Uh, so I think um, it'll be natural. Like most teams, you'll figure out what works and you'll go with rotations that work and, and you'll play through your best players. And, and we're fortunate enough fortunate enough to have multiple players who, who can lead a team. You guys are the odds-on favorite to win the West. Do you believe that you guys should be the favorites? I don't I don't really care who the favorites are. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, that's for betting. <laughs> that's for people who are out on the outside. We know when the game starts is zero zero. So as long as as long as we can um, do what we do, um, we're confident that if we play our game and we execute at a high level, uh, we can play with the best of them. How about how about this season? C- can this season be considered a success if you don't win the championship? Yep, uh, I say that every year. Um, People, this isn't a boom or bust situation. Uh, you can have a really great season and and come up short for a myriad of reasons. The other team's better. You're injured. You know, just the ball bounces the wrong way. Uh, if if you define your seasons on whether or not you won a title um, or not, um, I think that's kind of a very like wild uh, thought process uh, because you do a lot of great things that continue to help you put yourself in a position to compete every year about having great seasons. So it's not boom or bust. This isn't a championship or bust situation. 
James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I want to go back to an answer you had a couple minutes ago because I was kind of intrigued by it about really not wanting to talk or think about anything that happened 300 days ago the last time you guys were in the playoffs. Do you feel like that's kind of top to bottom organizationally what's going on with you guys that you really, like Devin Booker, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, everybody, that whatever it was that happened last year in the postseason is just not going to be on anybody's mind at all? I mean, I can't, I can't say that. You, I mean, if if you win last year, it's on your mind. You know, it's it's something that you consider, but we don't continually go back to it because we're a different team. You know, that there are guys here that weren't here last year. There are guys that have only been with us for a month and a half. Yeah, and so that that experience, they they can't connect to that. So for us to continue to to harp on that and go back to that, it just for us is not is wasted energy and. and and wasted focus. Denver won the West with 53 wins. That's the the lowest amount of wins for a team since I think the Sonics in in like the late 70s to win the West. Do you feel that the West is just more wide open this year than in any of the years that that you've been here? Um, I think it's I think it's balanced, but I also think um, if you look at some of you, know, you just can't go with the records. You know, it, it changes. You know, they they I'm pretty sure Denver had multiple games they could have won. Um, I'm pretty sure Denver had, you know, were they healthy, they would have been able to do some tremendous things because they're a really good team. Um, but, but by and large, I think the league is just really competitive, and we have a lot of good teams and 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 teams taking advantage of the schedule. So I, I don't think the 53 wins is indicative of, 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 you know, like a lesser play or lesser style or like lesser teams. I do think that um, both conferences, East and West, um, are stacked with, with teams that all have a shot. So I just think that's the nature of the league, and I think it's good for the league to have so many good teams playing for the same thing. James, as always, we thank you for stopping by for the conversation, and sincerely from all of us here on Burns and Gambo, best of luck to the organization starting on Sunday. We're all We're really looking forward you. to it. Yep, big time. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Texas, your thoughts on the state of the Suns right now? The FanDuel text line, it's always open for you during Burns and Gambo. Text us at 620-620 right now. When we come back, is there a new suitor for DeAndre Hopkins? And is that new suitor getting a little bit of help from one of their players? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, quick update because it just went to a final a few minutes ago while we were talking with James Jones. Diamondbacks beat the Brewers 7 3. They're now 8 5 on the season, finishing this homestand, what, 2 and 1, 3 and 5. And I haven't two, lost the series you. yet, right? They have not split with the Dodgers, beat the Padres, beat the Dodgers, beat the Brewers. Yeah, they have not lost the series. I've not lost the series. Corbin Carroll had a two-run home run in the seventh inning. Uh, Goriel had a three-run homer in the fourth inning of this game. And Dre Jamison, good start, good first time out of the rotation. Four innings, three hits, no walks, no runs, four strikeouts. He only threw 54 pitches. Obviously, his arm's not super built up, but he looked really good. Yeah, they got to build him up. But, man, I really like this 
kid. I love I, I love his his stuff. I think he needs to be in a rotation permanently. I was surprised he didn't win the job out of camp, but at least he made the major league roster as a long reliever. Uh, but I think he is going to stay in the rotation. When you pitch like that, it's not like no Mike Hayes and Tori Lavelle. Like I think we need to take him out of the rotation when uh, when when Davies comes back. Nobody's talking about that. They're talking about how to keep him in the rotation. Yeah, he's been really good. We'll see what happens when Zach Davies does come back. We'll see how Mad Bum does. That he got to start push back to Friday against the Miami Marlins. They'll start a road trip against Miami. On to the Cardinals, and this, I was waiting for this to happen. The minute Odell Beckham Jr. Really? signed with the Ravens. Absolutely. I wasn't. I was, I thought, okay, here come the Jets for DeAndre Hopkins. I cannot Hopkins. wait to hear why you thought that this was going to happen. Just because... They're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Okay. They want to give Aaron Rodgers all of the toys, all of the goodies, all of the things. Right. Right. One of the things he wanted just went and got $15 million from the Baltimore right. Ravens. Okay. So we want to buy our kid all of the presents for Christmas. Oh, but man, they're all sold out of the whatever it is the kids get for Christmas these days. Switches. What I mean, whatever. Right. We got to get him something that's even better. Let's go. Okay. We can't give him the switch for Christmas. Let's go out and get okay. him something better than so that. So why couldn't you get him to switch for ki- for Christmas? With OBJ? Yeah. Because you didn't want to pay him. Well, you could have, right. but, but I mean, no, no, Baltimore, no, no, you're Baltimore right. no, no, to him. Stick with, no. Okay. He went to the Jets and, and said, can you match it? He went to them. You didn't want to pay for the switch. You didn't want to pay $15 million. So this is why I don't, I, I wasn't following this. I okay. may be wrong. The kid wants to switch for Christmas. The parents say it's too much money. You're not going to get that. I want something less. When the hell did the parents ever go out and spend more money on something different then? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Because you could have had OBJ for $15 million without giving up any assets. You mean you've, Hopkins is more money. You've never heard of parents trying to buy the affection of their children by, by throwing great gifts at them? I think that's a fairly common thing in parenting. Oh, man, we've pissed off little Junior. What do we do? Let's go buy him something. <laughs> let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Give him a really cool gift. It never happened in my household. Well, that yeah. happened to you, Mitch. It happened. No, I was going to say these parents don't even have the kid yet. Though. That's kind of the problem. <laughs> I know, but they everybody knows the kids. They coming. didn't want to pay fifteen million for Odell Beckham Jr., but they want to pay for. You got to give up assets, even if it's a third rounder, fourth rounder. You have to give up something and pay Hopkins more. So when I, so I did not connect the two. Yeah, I'm like, I was curious as to why you did. I didn't connect the two because if you don't want to pay. OBJ and you don't have to trade for him, why would you then say, okay, let's go get Hopkins? Because you're trying to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And by but then o- just pay back up. But by OBJ choosing to go to Baltimore, now you're the Jets and you realize you might have made Aaron Rodgers unhappy, so how do we make him happy? Let's go get him DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Our bad. Our sorry. I know. But, he went but, to them. But but he, he got away from you. For whatever reason, he got away from you. And now it's almost like you're going to have to make up for that fact. You have to do a make good. Oops, our bad. We let him go. Sorry, we shouldn't have let that happen. Let's go. So you get Johnny a really bad Christmas present one year, the next year you got to make up for it? <laughs> I just Now you're going to get double the presents? It was the first thing. I did okay, not. Maybe not the I first not. thing. I th- the first thing I thought of when OBJ signed with Baltimore was, what does this do for Lamar Jackson? Uh, I'll cop to it. That was the first thing I thought of. The second thing was, do the Jets now turn their attention to DeAndre Hopkins? That was the, I swear, that yeah. was the second thing I thought of. All right, Beckham hasn't played, the, the one, now, now, I'm not. I'm not a devil's advocate guy. What's that? Oh, sorry. That was it's me. You. It's you. 
You're not having the best day today. Um, <laughs> teasing you. <laughs> Beckham hasn't played since Man. February of 2022 because of the torn ACL. So demanding. Uh, okay, go ahead. I'm following you. So the difference, maybe, and again, I'm not a devil's advocate guy, but you might feel that Hopkins is worth more because he's played. He's healthy. You know, he's not coming off of a torn ACL. Beckham hasn't played in a year. I mean, he hasn't played in a year. It's been a long time since Odell Beckham Jr. has played. So maybe you would feel that, you know, that he's worth the extra money. But the extra money is you know, $19.5 million compared to 15. That's that's quite a bit. It, it is. And look, let's first of all, let's tell everybody where this is coming from. Just so, mm-hmm. we, so people have like a basis. Why are we talking about the Jets and DeAndre Hopkins? Albert Breer had a mailbag on Sports Illustrated this morning, his weekly mailbag. He was asked directly about the Jets having interest in making a run at DeAndre Hopkins now that the Ravens have acquired Odell Beckham Jr. Breer stated that the Jets are interested in Hopkins and added conditionally interested in Hopkins, noting they'll do everything they can to build a strong supporting cast around Rodgers if the contract numbers can be worked out. And there's no doubt there's a price tag that comes with DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and that makes it kind of tough, but I, it, it just it feels like they're going to do And so why they didn't do it with OBJ, I don't know. I don't know why they allowed that to get away. I don't know if they had sticker shock or they just felt like they couldn't make it work. I, I just have this suspicion to, to compensate Compensate for that, to, to overcompensate for the fact that they let OBJ walk, they will try to see if they can pry DeAndre Hopkins from the curve. Okay. I could be wrong, but I. Yeah, it, there's still Mike Evans out there. You, you can get, you can go get Jerry Judy. There's players that you might be able to get that, that will come cheaper. Maybe you're right. I just didn't. I, I figured, man, if you're not going to spend that money on OBJ, why would you spend more money on Hopkins? But Hopkins is a better player, and he's not coming off of an injury that's cost him an entire year. Yeah, now there is, um, of course, there is a player on social media who's like, yeah, sure, let's make this happen. Sauce Gardner jumped on to, was it Twitter or what did he say? He was, uh, there was a tweet. It was a tweet. And and Sauce Gardner said, me and D-Hop had a great talk when I was in Dallas last week. So he's already in again. Yeah, I've had a conversation with him. I've said that whether that leads to anything, whether that means anything, who knows, right? Players How talk many times time have we Twitter. looked at like DeAndre Hopkins is following this team or is he following that team or he's following this guy and he's following that guy and you try to put two and two together, it doesn't mean it anything. It was Mac Jones. Mac Jones, it right? Josh Mac Jones, Josh Allen. It was um, Buffalo Soldier. Uh, Buffalo Soldier, Marley, there right? you go. Good memory right there. Buffalo Soldier. So now all we need is a little Benny and the Jets, maybe, on his Instagram account. Oh, we would know that's where he's going, Jets. perhaps. Yeah, or New York State of Mind. Or, or New York State of Mind, or Empire mm. State of Mind, or, or Jet by Paul McCartney and Wings. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of well, that's Jet. A good one. There's a lot of New York Jet options he could go with. He'd go with Jay-Z. I'm leaving Keys, on a Jet plane by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if D-Hop's a Peter, Paul, and Mary guy. I don't think he's I, a... Who's not a Peter, Paul, and Mary guy? There. Who's not who's a love Peter Paul and Who Mary? Are any of those three people? Peter Paul and Mary? <laughs> Leave it on a jet plane? If I had a hammer. Uh, that, that, that wasn't an invitation for you to sing. It most animal. certainly was not. It was not an invitation for you folk to sing. Folk music, man. Folk music. That was good stuff right there. Folk, the word itself, is just an archaic term. <laughs> it to really me. is folk. <laughs> What's Hi. up, folks? Hi, folks. How you doing? All right, I'm sorry for my Peter, Paul, and Mary reference. Well, Let's you... just go with Paul McCartney and Jet. Uh, even then, that might be a bit Jet. antiquated. Na, 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 what about wings? Jet. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, it's Paul McCartney and Wings. How many, yeah. how many different groups of flying mechanisms did Paul McCartney have to be with? Uh, with Beatles, Wings. It's, it's true. Foo Fighters. Maybe they'll do a cover of Jet or Peter, Paul, and Mary's leaving on a jet plane. They'll be playing Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater on October 3rd. General on sale begins Friday at 10 a.m. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. The top stories of the day, all in one spot. The 4 o'clock reset is next on Burns and Gamba.